Hey, everybody, the Raheel Show podcast is brought to you by Alamo Remedy CBD. Look, there's a lot of CBD companies out there, but Alamo Remedy is for Texans by Texans and built in Texas. But don't get it wrong. They ship everywhere. So if you're listing somewhere else, you can get Alamo Remedy CBD products. And now why Alamo Remedy? Well, your wellness shouldn't break the bank. And that's why they price all of their products at just $17.99 plus you're going to save 10% off with promo code UNICORN. So everybody, you can now afford them. You can get into the CBD game and try out CBD products. I've endorsed other CBD companies before and I always told my friends like, hey, just wait for a promo code because this is way too expensive and now you can try out CBD and get a high quality product that is, by the way, third party lab tested so it's THC free. They have zero toxins, zero animal testing, zero contaminants, and zero BS in their products. It is a great product. I love the CBD gummies. They also have a lotion that is cucumber melon scented. They've got capsules. So if you want the perfect dosage, you can take a capsule. And they have the tincture, which is one of the classic ways to do it. You put a drop underneath your tongue, let it sit there for 30 seconds, and you get the benefits of CBD. Look, I just get, I feel better. I get ready for my workout. I feel like I'm ready for my workout. So I love CBD products. I love the CBD gummies. Try them out. It's only $17.99. AlamoRemedy.com. Alamo, R-E-M-E-D-Y.com. Use promo code UNICORN and get 10% off all products plus free shipping on orders over $49. AlamoRemedy.com. For Texans, by Texans. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Raheel Show podcast. It is a wild card Friday. So you're going to have different guests on. And I did this one with my little buddy, David Nuno. He actually calls me little buddy, but I like returning the favor every once in a while. So this is a simulcast of the ABC 13 stream. We had Matt Jordan on. He is the vice president and general manager of the Houston Dynamo. They just called up a 15-year-old from their academy to play on their team. That is incredible. So we talked to him about that. We talked to him about the MLS's return and them restarting up in Orlando. Then we talked to a health logistics expert, Dr. Kaplan, and he talked about some of the issues leagues will face as they restart and get back to work with NBA, MLB, MLS. And then we talked about COVID-19 and some of the myths and facts that are wrong. So it's a great conversation. It is a wild card Friday. I appreciate you guys listening. Here we go. And now we're officially live. Don't you love when you start a show and you think you're live and you say something? Because you did this little, like you said, like action. And then there was nothing going on. But hey, hey guys, uh, David Nuno, Raheel Ranzanali here with our ABC 13 Sports Podcast. It doesn't really have a name. I refer it to it as the No Layups Podcast. But Raheel, you like to say it's whatever, right? Yeah, it's just like a, a stream. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun conversation. I don't know what to call it yet. So if anybody has a name recommendations uh we we just call ourselves a no layups guys because that's what we used to call our show before but yeah i mean it's just a show it's it just is. a fun talk yeah we got a fun show uh we're gonna kind of be all over the place obviously covid is is a big conversation but we're gonna take it from a sports perspective we're gonna talk to dr larry kaplan a little bit later on in the show uh we're also going to talk to uh puja lodia abc 13's favorite puja she's awesome uh, and we've messed with her in the past at Super Bowl. We played pranks on her, but today we're going to keep it very real, Raheel, right? We're going to be some journalists. Am I right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And she was in Richmond Rosenberg for Localish, which is so much fun to watch. And that's my that's my neighborhood. Okay, Richmond Rosenberg, the Twin Cities. That's where I reside. So I was pumped to uh, see her around. And Chaz was also around at a lot of places. So we'll get the latest from her. We'll talk to her a little bit about what's happening with the Localish series. And I'm sure we're going to talk about the well, the the state, the level one now of COVID-19. So we'll get into that as well. There's a lot to talk about. But the main thing here is the sports part of it. Look, uh, every time we talk, we go, hey, is this sport going to come back? Now, all the sports are clear to come back as of now. The NBA's plan to be at the wide world of sports, MLS. We're going to be talking to Matt Jordan here in a, in a second about that. MLB, they're going to be traveling around. A lot is changing, and a lot of different things are going to change in the next month. So uh, I'm excited to find out some some of the logistics concerns that they're going to get into as well. Yeah, I, look, man, I, I, I'm a little petrified, A, of where our city is going. There's no doubt I'm, I'm petrified about that. Uh, but there's, there's also that optimistic side of me that's like, we're going to get through this. We're going to be fine. But what is sports going to look like this year, right? I mean... It has been nice to see. Um, I've been watching a lot of La Liga, as I'm sure you're, you're familiar with Raheel and the EPL, and they've been able to figure it out over there. I know a lot of people are watching Korean baseball, uh, but we got the MLS going to start up soon. It uh, looks like the NBA schedule is going to come out tonight. We'll see what the Rockets are doing. So I'm excited about that. The NFL. Look, of all the sports out there, how in the world are the Texans going to play? I, I know that they'll figure out a way, but like, how? Yeah, I mean, look, you've got training camp coming up end of July, so that's going to look different. They're not traveling, obviously. They're going to be in Houston for this one, and all teams are going to stay in their respective cities. And then the games themselves, I, I don't know, man. This is going to be interesting to watch, but the one that's going to be kicking off here pretty soon is going to be the MLS, and joining us now is the Dynamo GM, Matt Jordan. Welcome in, man. How you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? What's doing? going on, Matt? Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. So uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. We're both rocking the beards right now. Uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about it, man. We're going to get some MLS action. It looks like pretty soon. Just uh, your excitement level for, for the Dynamo heading into it. Well, we're thrilled. I mean, we're just so happy to, to get back to competition and competing. And it's been a long three, three and a half months, I got to tell you. But, you know, the guys and, and Tab and, and, and the players and our staff have been doing a great job. Uh, you know, making the best of, of the circumstances that, that we've all had to deal with. And uh, and I got to tell you, the guys are chomping at the bit to get down to Orlando and get back to playing games. So how much communication is coming from the league itself right now regarding the beginning of the tournament, which is going to be starting here pretty soon? Uh, so much is changing literally every hour now. What's that communication like? Yeah, I mean, changing rapidly is is a great way to put it. I mean, it's it's a very it's been a very fluid process, uh, and you know, really, what it's what it's been, what's really been important has just been a lot of communication between the sporting and the business side. You know, you know, myself and our team president John Walker. You know, I mean, we're we're on lead calls together. You know, daily. Uh, you know, and just a lot of planning, a lot of protocols. I mean, of course, everyone's excited, you know, to get back to competition, but the biggest priority is to get back safely. Uh, and, and that's really been our focus uh, throughout this process. Matt, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm so excited about what Tab brings to the table. Uh, I'm, I'm a little worried about the group you guys are in, to be honest with you. But I think, honestly, this could be a good thing for you guys, taking on such a strong group, because 
your Dynamo team, they've spent a lot of time together behind the scenes getting to know each other. So they're not like a new team in that respect. You got, what, three real games together. But since that, a lot of building. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's 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 been – uh, a great opportunity uh, for for Tab and the staff, you know, and the players, you know, to to have a little bit of an extended amount of time throughout throughout this period, you know, just to do a lot of team building exercises to get to know each other, you know, on a on a different level, and you know, we're really seeing now, you know, that the guys are coming together, and 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 we're excited about our group. I mean, we we know it won't be easy. We know it's it's a it's a challenge, uh, but, you know, having been at this for 20 plus years, there's never an easy game. And, and so, you know, that, that's really, you know, what, what as competitors you always look forward to, right. Is, is to play, play against good competition. And we feel confident, confident in our group. We feel we can compete with anybody in the league. Uh, and, and the other advantage for us, um, you know, is that we're, we're here in Houston, we're in a similar climate as Orlando so we've really been focusing and doing a lot of planning with our sports science staff on our workloads and 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 competing, you know, at certain hours of the day, so that the that we're we're targeting similar uh, climate and, and weather conditions that we'll face down there, which we think is going to be an advantage for us. Now, in terms of team building and making sure all the guys are staying in shape, what have you guys been doing specifically? Because we hear from the NFL teams, they're doing their Zoom calls, NBA teams, there's a lot of private workouts going on. Uh, what about the Dynamo? Well, what really, you, you name it, we've done it. I mean, right right at the beginning of uh, this, this situation we're all dealing with, you know, we had to really isolate everybody in their home. And so what we did is we 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 purchased bikes and, and training equipment and and we we safely delivered it to every player um, and then like you said you know we did a lot of Zoom workouts we also um, we have a an app that the guys check into every day um, a lot of uh, Tab and the staff are doing a lot of tactical work over video um, a lot of a lot of just fitness planning team building exercises so then really what our focus was was to have a good base. And then it's really just been a step-by-step process where we started back with individual training, uh, where really four players were in, in four quadrants on a field. And, and then we got to small groups training, and now we've progressed to full team training. And we feel we've got a good base in place. And, you know, that's been the real important thing. And I, and I have to say, you know, being a former player myself mentally is also the biggest challenge of all this. You know, mentally, you gotta, you can't just turn on a light switch to start playing again, right? You gotta, you gotta get yourself going. You gotta get into a, a daily routine and a schedule. So that's been a real focus of ours. Matt, I gotta ask you about the the youngster you guys signed. I think it was last week, Juan Castilla, who's been with your uh, development academy, 15 years old, the youngest player you guys have signed. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this young man. I talked to him on 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 a call yesterday. He's just such a bright. He doesn't seem like a fifteen year old, but he is fifteen years old. Yeah. Well, he Juan is Juan is somebody that we think has a very bright future. Uh, he's he's got a great head on his shoulders, great mentality. Um, you know, he's, he has a great willingness to to take information, and he has a lot of quality as a player. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? You got to have you got to have talent, um, and really, you know. All those factors really, you know, he, he exemplifies what we look for when we bring a player from the city of Houston through our system. And, I mean, we don't really look at age, right? You know, if you're good, you're good. And and so, you know, he's 15 years old, but I got to tell you, I mean, he handles himself very well, uh, and he's shown that throughout the preseason. 
And so we, we felt that it was the right time to add him to our roster. And, and you guys know, I mean, you know, Houston, you know, there's so much pride in the city of Houston. And so to bring, to bring a player up through our system who joined the academy at 11 years old, I mean, that's a big goal of ours, you know, is to get more players from Houston, you know, that are, that are competing at our stadium and in, in our, for our seat, for our team. Um, and so, you know, Juan is, is the flag bearer for a really good group of, of young and up and coming players that you guys are going to hear a lot more about in the near future. So is he going to be doing summer school homework at, in Orlando or what's the deal? Well, he, he's on uh, he's on online high school right now. Um, you know, for our, you know, we've, we just started a, on, a, an online high school program last fall. So really all the kids uh, and the majority of the kids in our, in our pre-professional phase, we call it our 1917s and now down to the 15s, they're on other online high school. Um, and so really what that's enabling us to do is to double our contact hours every week with them from four to eight, sometimes nine contact out on times. And that's, you're really seeing a big progression in, in our young players with that. And, and oddly enough, or, or ironically enough, you know, now that we are uh, dealing with the current situation, uh, all these young men haven't skipped a beat and they're just doing their homework and taking their tests like normal. Uh, but Juan's, Juan's a big talent. Um, you know, he's going to be, you know, it's going to take time like normal, but we felt it was the right time um, because he has the quality, you know, and that's the most important thing is that he has the quality as a player and he has the character that we believe he's going to make it and do do really well for the club. Now, help, help me understand how it works, too, because he's going to still be training with the Development Academy, correct? But he's yeah. going to flirt with the first team at times? Yeah, exactly. So he he right now is so young, you know, he can still compete with our U17 age group and our U19 age group. So he will play, uh, you know, you have to play games, of course. So he will continue to play games um, in, uh, in our development academy league, uh, but he'll be training, you know, weekly with with the first team. Uh, and, you know, and we'll also be looking to get him opportunities to play with our USL team in McAllen. Um, you know, so it's really important to be meticulous with our planning for him, uh, you know, so, you know, he can continue to progress his career. And then, you know, Tab, the one great thing with Tab is, I mean, there, in, in, you know, bringing Tab to the club, you know, there was, you know, we did it for a reason, right? Because there's not another coach in the country that has more experience over the last decade in working in this space with young players. And, and he believes in, in what we're doing. You know, we believe in the way he works. Uh, and, and so there's that alignment. And, and now you're going to really see these young players start getting more and more opportunities. Hey, uh, Matt, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I got two boys that I think you may want to sign at the age of 12. Just letting you know yeah. they're, they're <laughs> really good. Um, so just just throwing that out I've there. Seen, hey, I've seen them play and they, and they got good little players that they're on our radar. I got to tell you. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, we you know, we've really worked hard, you know, to to. Uh, you know, to build good relationships throughout the city. Um, you know, we, we've, we've started a catalyst program as well in the city, you know, at the, at the ages of 10, 11, and 12 through our partnerships throughout the city. And so, so your boys are, they're in the mix for sure. And I've seen them play. And I, and I got to tell you, they got a little bite to them too. I've seen them. Well, they've, got, I, I, they've got the Nuno attitude. I like it. <laughs> yes, they do. I've seen it. But make sure now if you do sign him, you got to come through their agent, Uncle Raheel. All right. Hey, that, that's that's going to be tough. I, what, what percentage do you take? I'll just take a jersey. I'm good. There's not much. <laughs> hey, Matt, we appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, stay safe, and we'll be watching the Dynamo. Hopefully, they uh, take that group and move on.
Absolutely. Guys, we really appreciate your time and, and appreciate everything you guys are doing, uh, uh, especially to keep everyone engaged and, and in tune with everything going on in the city. So thank you for, for all your hard work. Appreciate it, Matt. Take care, buddy. Right. Hey, guys. Bye-bye. Right, there is Matt Jordan, VP and general manager of the Dynamo. I got to read this message, Raheel. You know, like, Snapback Nuno is still a thing. Like, I like to respond to people, okay? <laughs> yes, so, you do. But I'm not going to respond. I'm going to let Dr. Larry Kaplan in a moment respond because, I mean, he's the doctor. I'm not. I'm just the guy. So Lucy Hernandez says, sorry, sometimes when I do TV, I do the Spanish voice. Uh, the glorified cold known as the Chinese virus has a 98% survival rate. On top of that, all deaths are being reported as COVID, even without testing. The CDC told all the doctors that this was fine. You will find a link below. I'm sure it's a good link. And governments are paying hospitals $13,000 each time this is done. This is, in fact, the biggest scandal of all time. A corporate media, this is all caps, by the way, and corporate America have proven to be ran and led by the liars and the criminals alike. I feel like this message has been posted on various broadcasts. Like she she really took the time to write that one and, and copy and paste it all over. Well, here's the thing. Look, I don't know. I know people are getting sick. I know people who have died that didn't have COVID, by the way, in the last three months. That's a fact. So not every death is attributed to that. People that I know that you know were healed. So I'll just leave that at that. Uh, and, and Pam says, all we need is our high school sports back. Move along. Nothing to hear or see here. Okay. We'll just end the show right there. We're healed. Done. Uh, we're good. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, Pooja. Sorry, Dr. Larry Kaplan. I guess we're done because Pam told us we're done. But look, uh, as sports start opening back up and restarting with the bubble scenario you've got with MLB and the way they're going to be doing it, um, MLS, as we talked to Matt Jordan, there's a lot of different things that are at play here in terms of logistics, the testing, everything that's going to happen. And joining us now is Dr. Larry Kaplan of Docs HealthWorks. He is an expert in logistical healthcare. Dr. Kaplan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you two doing? I'm doing all right. Must be a busy time for you right now. Uh, being uh, CEO of a logistics healthcare company in the middle of a pandemic has us a little busy, yeah. So thank you so much for taking some time out. Now, let's jump right into it because we are talking about sports and how everything is reopening. You've worked with stadiums before, and this is yeah, it's uncharted territory for a lot of people. What are some of the challenges that they'll run into here as they restart during a pandemic? Well, there's going to be a lot of them. Um, you know, one, we're going to have to deal with what we're doing with the personnel themselves, the athletes, the staff, the support people, everyone who's going to be around them. And then when do we make it safe for people to come back in and be spectators? Or are we all just going to watch sports on television from now on? You know, how are we dealing with youth sports? There's a, there, there are a bunch of challenges floating around about, about how we're doing it. And of course, things are changing dramatically right in your home city. Help me understand, Doctor, too, how these things are. So we, we, I feel like things have changed often every day and not that the scientists and the doctors have been confused, but I think we're getting more information about the virus. So help me understand why we believe that kids are not as vulnerable and there's still youth sports going on. There's some social distancing, but there's still some stuff going on. So what we found is that um, by and large kids are, are less, they have less bad outcomes associated with the disease, but what we're also finding, like right now, in in Houston, I mean, you're you're at what fifty, roughly fifty percent of the people that are hospitalized are in their mid thirties. That's the average age right now. So where 
three months ago, we were seeing a lot of people that were being hospitalized at 65, 75, 85 years old. And, and we had less than 40% of the population that was sub 60. That whole age groups dropped down and we're seeing a lot more people. So mm. one of the things that we're recognizing is there's an inflammation that's associated with this and it seems to be tied to the blood vessels. So you have blood vessels in everything. And because you have blood vessels in everything, you're getting inflammation in the brain, in the heart, in the organs, all over the place. And we've had some children die. We're having people that are that are younger that are having complications. And we really don't know what the long-term impact is going to be on a 25-year-old who ends up being in the hospital for two weeks or, or ends up on a respirator for a week. Um, there's going to be lung damage. There's going to be other damage that we're going to deal with 20 years from now, 30 years from now. So with that being said, and with how much information changes, you know, the NBA with the bubble format, uh, MLB, everyone again, MLS, they put together this plan, let's say three weeks ago or a month ago, right? And the information back then is probably not the same as it is now, as you mentioned. Is it wise for these leagues to return and restart sports? Well, if you asked me that three weeks ago, I may have given you a little bit different answer than right right now, right? Um we've lost the trust of the human of, of the uh, population of the general public. We had their trust early on. They social distance, they stayed home. They did what we asked them to do. You get about 90 days where people are going to tolerate that. The problem was we asked the entire country to do it simultaneously instead of really focusing on the areas that were hot spots at the time and letting the rest of the country continue to live their lives. And you would have had a slow build across the country but we shut everything down. So now in Texas, right, we just literally today changed all the rules. Bars are going to be closed again. Restaurants are back to 50%. Things are going to change. We have 10 times the number of cases today or yesterday identified than we did on June 1st, three weeks ago. And the deaths that we're going to see associated with the cases today, we're going to see three weeks from now. That's when we're going to start to see the deaths from today's cases that were identified. So, you know, the NBA built a six phase plan to implement their general philosophy is this. It breaks down into two pieces, right? They're trying to create an island and they want to make sure that they test everybody and that nobody gets on the island who's positive. So today we identified 16 NBA players that were positive. So they're not getting on the island. We're going to have to test everybody, keep them all isolated or keep them all quarantined. Then once they get onto the island, Orlando, then we're going to go ahead and try and keep that island isolated from the rest of the country. And that's going to be a problem, right? Keeping Because you have roughly, what, 2,000 people that are going to end up mm -hmm. supporting that entire population. So, you know, that's sort of the plan as it is now. If they can get compliance, it'll work. If they can't get compliance, it's not going to work. Dr. Kaplan, do you see the NBA working, the MLS working, and you know a little bit further down the line, the NFL working? Because there's there's so many different variables, and and there's a lot of contact in these sports. Yeah, well, you know, Major League Baseball has added a, a twist of they want to travel, so so that you know, and the NBA has a shot at doing this, right? Because they they picked a really smart location at Disney, where they can. Basically, it's it can be isolated from the surrounding community. You know, they literally was built that way. So so there's an opportunity to manage that 
you wouldn't probably have in Major League Baseball. NFL is going to have a, a challenge too. Any once they decide that they're going to travel, then it's you know, yes, okay, we're going to fly in chartered planes. Fantastic, that's easy to manage. But how do you deal with how do you deal with security personnel, staff at each city, the the food service people that you're going to be interacting with? Um, it just the list goes on and on. Fans, right? And then how are you going to keep all the players and personnel? from interacting with any of these other people that may or may not be contagious. So we have an, an increasing rate of contagion right now through this country that's pretty dramatic. We were hoping for a slowdown in the summer and we're not getting it. It's actually the opposite. So, and then we're gonna have a whole series of issues when the weather changes and we go into actual flu season. So we're not, we're not in great position right now. If fans are allowed at a 25% clip or something even lower, what kind of protocols do you envision these stadiums would have for the NFL or MLB? All right. So we're talking to a lot of them about this. And and every single person who attends needs to do a pre-screening. So we've established a protocol where they go onto an app and they do a health history screening and a contact tracing, not contact tracing, but contact exposure screening. They would be issued a code, comes to their phone. When they show up at the stadium, they would need to scan that code to confirm that they were in fact cleared, and they'd have to accurately take their temperature at the time. So now we have a historical data set around whether somebody has symptoms of any kind or whether they've been, been exposed at all, and we're taking their temperature at the same time. One of the advantages we have at most sporting events is everybody's facing the same direction. So we don't have the same issue we have with restaurants where people are facing each other. But everybody in those stadiums needs to wear a mask. And I don't mean a bandana. I mean a real medical grade mask. A bandana trying to stop a virus is like using a chain link fence trying to stop a mosquito. It's just not going to do it. So, so we really need to, we're going to need to have those protocols put into place. And if everybody thinks that they don't have to follow them, you're going to get what we're getting in Texas and Florida and Arizona. And I mean, you name it, right? We have 20 states right now that are all climbing. And really, if you look at the data, there's about 36 states that are increasing right now. There's, a, there's about 25 of them that, are, that have crossed the threshold of more people getting infected than actually have it. Dr. Kaplan, are, are they do? I feel like uh, I'm also a soccer fan, and I'm seeing Serie uh, A work. I'm seeing La Liga work, at least initially, and the, the EPL. Are they doing something different there in in Europe, uh, or are they just safe? What, what, why is it able to work so far there? Compliance, their their national compliance has been different than ours. Um, we have a bigger country. We have a lot more people. Um, Really, what happened was they had a country exposed. We had New York and the surrounding communities, Washington State and the surrounding or Seattle and the surrounding communities, parts of California and the surrounding communities. By and large, that's where we we got exposure. We locked everybody down. So what we did was we kept everything isolated into those regions, and the rest of the country never got exposed. They're now getting exposed. 90 days later, we opened up and now everyone's interacting with each other and everybody's fed up with being locked up. And this is what, what you're seeing. So Texas is going through its first wave, not a resurgence. And, and, and all of these areas are the areas that weren't exposed previously. 
So they handled it differently than we did. And we're not getting the compliance that we need. And we're going to have a problem as a result of it. I mean, that's really our underlying issue. Dr. Kapp, let me follow up because that, that lady that I read, um, let me see if I can find it, about the death rates are really low and um, it's um, a glorified cold, I think it's what she called it, 98% uh, success rate of surviving this. Just can you can you talk the science and the numbers behind what some people are saying? Because I feel like it depends who you watch, what you believe. So let me start off with something less scientific and more sort of directly to the point. Within four days, I lost both my father and my father-in-law to COVID-19. So okay? sorry. So, you know, so, um, and my father, he was ill. My father had Alzheimer's, he was ill, and and uh, and he was actually a ball player. He was drafted by the Twins. Um, my, my, my father-in-law was vibrant, healthy, communicative, interactive, was fine, and went in the hospital on Thursday and was, was gone by Tuesday. Um, this is not the flu. We, we have a death rate that's about five times what the death rate would normally be from the flu. Um, the flu, you normally get what's called a U-shaped curve. So you have the really young and the really old. And everybody in between is pretty safe. And that's what you end up with. This is not that. I've known 55-year-olds that have passed away that were young and healthy. It's It has to do, what we're going to see, it's going to be interesting because you're going to see obesity is going to be tied to this in a significant way. It hasn't really come out yet, but you're going to see that that it, people that have that have issues with inflammation are going to be are going to be particularly susceptible. So so we have people across the spectrum that are that are being dramatically impacted by this. I mean, look, you, the regular flu, you don't have a 40 year old in the hospital and on a ventilator for 20 days from the flu. So so this is not the just the flu and look we're already at 100 plus 120 plus thousand deaths in this country people can argue what proportion of them are covid what or not i could tell you my father-in-law was listed as covid my father was not so so everyone's not being listed as covid positive uh, deaths um and it's not prime it's not an economic issue that's driving this you know so the disease, the, the the problems that we're having with this are are more profound than you would normally ex experience, and and people need to realize that you know and and look, my job is to get everybody back to work, my job is to get everything back open, and we can do that. We can open this country back up again, have everybody go back to church, watching ball games, doing the things that we want to do, living our lives, but they have to actually. Uh, abide by what the what we need to do and if they don't do that we're going to get what we're seeing in texas and florida and 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 in other parts of the country dr kaplan is it still as simple as social distancing wear your mask wash your hands frequently to help stop this now and hopefully we don't have this second wave in a month or two months so let me talk to you a little bit about social distancing right there's nothing magical about six feet Six feet based on a study that was done in 1939. Okay, that's where that came from. What we really have is it's creating a barrier. So we said, okay, if I create a six foot barrier away from you, David, then the likelihood of what I'm us having this conversation of droplets getting to you is dramatically reduced. 
So the likelihood of you get it, catching it that way from me is reduced. If you and I were standing on either side of a glass door, we could be two inches apart, apart from each other. And we wouldn't, and I wouldn't be exposing you or you wouldn't be exposing me. So it's about a barrier. When you add a mask to the case, and that's why I said a real mask, if you put a regular three-ply mask on, you get one level of protection. You put a KN95, you get another level of protection. You put an N95, you get another level of protection. So every time I increase that level of protection, you and I can be closer to each other as long as we're both wearing masks. So we can get into a dynamic where we're living normal social distancing to each other if we're masked. But if we're not, then we need to be much further apart from each other. And people are just, yeah, not they're not washing their hands like they were. And, and they're not doing the things because they've candidly gotten desensitized to it. It's been a long time. And they looked around and, you know, in, in Houston and in Austin, they looked at people. I'm in, outside of Philadelphia. I'm halfway between Philly and New York. And they looked at us and said, you guys are crazy up there, right? There, you have that going on. We don't, we don't, I don't even know anybody who got this thing. And they were locked in their houses. Now they're out and they're living it and the whole world's changing. But they need to do this at schools, churches, bars and restaurants, museums, ball games, stadiums. They need to do it at all these places. Dr. Kappel, let me ask you this final thing from my side. Uh, do you see another shutdown coming like it was a couple months back? I don't think the country will tolerate it. Um, I don't think economically we could survive it. Uh, I think there's too many small businesses that are just getting the tar kicked out of them. And, um, and so, so I don't think so, but you know, one of the things we're not doing well is figuring out where people are getting it because they're not getting it everywhere, right? If you're watching your kids play baseball and all the fans are spread out along the, the behind the fence, along the sidelines, and they're not all standing next to each other or they're watching from their cars and the kids are pre-screened and temperature checked ahead of time. There's no reason those kids can't play baseball. But do you want to treat soccer exactly the same way? Ice hockey, football, basketball? They're a little bit different, right? Mm. There's no reason in the world people can't be racing cars and fishing and hunting and doing, you know, doing other things that are that are more independent. We need to be targeted and we're not tracking where people are catching it. So we're just taking a shot in the air and saying, well, you know what? It's the bars or it's the what churches or it's the whatever. And we're not actually figuring out where that need, where it is. And that's really what we need to do. We get onto that and then we can sit down and say, okay, wait, we, this is how we adjust what's going on in the bar. Or this is how we adjust what we're doing at a stadium. And then, and, but, and we need to do that in order for us to move forward. That's really what has to happen. That's a great point. Yeah, that the the tracing is going to be so important here for the second step and figuring out everything else. Dr. Kaplan, thank you so much for taking some time out, man. Uh, it was nice talking to you, and it's going to be interesting to watch the next week, two weeks, month, because everything is changing so much. We appreciate the time. Hey, every day it's a little bit different. Um, you know, it's a lot different in Texas today than it was two weeks ago. Yep. And um, and I just, you know, guys, strap in because you're going to have a tough couple, three weeks. I appreciate you, Dr. Kaplan. Thank you so much, sir. Right. Be safe down there, guys. And, and I appreciate you. your show. Thank you very, very, very much. Very good information there, Raheel. He was awesome. Um, and, and I think he broke it down factually. 
Uh, and also, he had a lot of passion behind his words. Uh, he, he shared with us that he lost his father and his father-in-law within four days of each other. So it's impacted him. And I think that was the big problem in Texas is like all of us. And I mean, even I'm super safe. You know me, real. I'm super, super safe. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't know people that have been hit by this, it's a little bit think, ah, it hasn't hit Texas. Now we're going to start hearing about people and it's yep. going to affect. And eventually there's going to be famous people that pass. And that could change the the way I think the world looks at it. And I hope it doesn't happen. And I hope people stay safe. He also had me questioning if I should have my kids in, in playing soccer. You know, like my kids are still going to soccer practice. There's no contact right now. But, you know, the hope was we could get back to there. doesn't look like it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, when it, it was so it was so strange to see everything shut down. Right. Because Rudy Gobert tested positive. Right. It took one. It took one test for the NBA to shut down and everybody else followed suit. Now, 16 players have tested positive of the 302 that are coming back. What's going to be the next thing that changes and and we take action? Is it going to be a player going to the hospital, being on a ventilator, and then do we shut down sports again? And, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is it's to your point of when in March 11th, when everything shuts down and leagues are being canceled, it was almost it was almost a, a fun question, right? Like, I don't even know anybody that has it. Do you? And people right. would tweet that. And as the weeks progressed, like it, it, it was good. Nobody, nobody that we, nobody that we knew had it because everyone was doing the right things, staying home, being safe. But then when the reopening phases started up, you start asking that question, and we know personally people that have it, right? right. Because it, it is going to spread. It's not. It's not just going to disappear, right? It, so that's that's the scary part. Is now that we know, we know people that have it, and that number is only going to grow because of how states reopened and how we opened here locally and here's the frustrating part i i know of people you know of people that have gotten sick and they're just yeah it's like a bad bad cold or a sinus infection whatever it may be and then you have people who die okay so the and and then you have people who are fine and then uh what is it three weeks later they have a stroke like they're you know this and i think the doctor even said i mean people are going to have some issues later down the line 20 years from now with their lungs um it, it it's scary 